What's up, guys, and welcome to another episode of KCL's Keto Corner Podcast. Today's episode is yet another talk from the Low Carb Cruise. Um, Sorry, there hasn't been a normal podcast episode probably, what, in like three weeks? Um, But I wanted to go ahead and get the Low Carb Cruise speeches and talks out into the podcast sphere so you guys can hear the things that I heard and benefit from them just as much as I did. So next week we'll actually have a regular podcast format. Um, Bear with me as the audio is obviously not as optimal as it would be if I was recording it, you know, with someone on an actual podcast episode. It was recorded on my camera, and though I have a nice mic on my camera, it's still not the best. So, thanks for bearing with me. This talk is given by Kim Howerton. She's known as the Ketonist on Instagram and Facebook. She was actually my roommate on the Low Carb Cruise and one of the most sweetest, kindest people um, I've ever met. She was very, very welcoming to me, um, and she's been such a great friend since I met her. So this talk is all about habit change. Um, She gives a really cool description of how you can kind of implement habit change and the things to do, um, you know, talking about like progress, not perfection, all of that jazz. She's also a coach in the keto community, um, and she runs a really huge Facebook group that you should definitely join. I will link out to that as well in the show notes. Um, you should definitely give Kim a follow on social media um, and check out her work. Um, I hope you enjoy the episode. <laughs> Today we have a new sponsor to the KCL Keto Corner podcast. Further Food is a woman-ran company. Um, Ashley, Lillian, and Allegra, they all have had personal experiences with chronic illness. They decided to create real food-based supplements that help promote optimal health and wellness. Um, Their products are sold around the world. They consist of things like collagen, gelatin, turmeric, all things that help with gut, hair, skin, nails, joints, and promote um, healthy living. Did you know that collagen makes up 90% of the connective tissue in the body, 90% of the organic bone mass that we have, as well as 70% of the skin? This is huge, and what is crazy is in our 20s, our collagen levels decrease. We don't get enough in our diet, which is why they promote their collagen supplement that is grass-fed, pasture-raised, and organic. It is sugar-free, flavorless, um, and amazing quality. What I typically do is add a packet of their their to-go packets to my coffee, froth it real quick. It makes my coffee really creamy and yummy, and I don't even notice that I'm taking a supplement. So if you guys want to check out further foods, you can click the link in the show notes, um, and you can also use Keto Coach Lauren to save 10% off of your order as well. I've coached uh, executive and business and uh, organizational coaching as well. The only type of coaching I have not done is sports coaching because (laughs) I don't know anything about sports. Um, But the reality is when you're a coach, it's not as much about the content as it is about the skills, the change skills. Now, it is important that you care about what you're coaching about. And for me, you know, I have my own keto journey. 
I started keto three years ago um, after a lifetime of disordered eating, weight gain, out of control. I tried away. I did a lot of 12-step, you know, and treating things. The reality was I was metabolically broken. And I had been overweight since I was about nine years old. And all my family was overweight when they were like teenagers, right? And then they all got thin when they were adults. And so I was like, all right, I'll just wait. <laughs> and it just kept waiting. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, okay, crap, I have to do something about it. Okay, so, but along the way I thought, well, if I'm just gonna be a big person, I'm gonna learn how to be a happy big person. And, you know, one of the things that you might learn in relationship is if you love your partner in spite of some of their worst qualities, that is not a winning strategy, right? We have to learn to love the people around us for who they are, right? Not just like, I'm just gonna ignore that thing that really bothers me. And for me, I got to a point where I said, okay, but this Noria, I understand we can't do anything about that, but you know, you get what I mean. Um, I got to a point where I said, no. Like, I can live with living the rest of my life not loving the way I look in a bikini, right? Just to be honest. But I hit 40, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna die. Did, did, it, did that do, like, did anyone get to that place where you were like, maybe not tomorrow, but sooner than I want to, and in a fashion that will be much more painful than I hope to see, right? And because there was seemingly, I mean, to Amy's point, my personal fat threshold seemed to be high, right? <laughs> I kept getting bigger, and I kept getting sicker. So um, what I want to talk to you guys about, because we've had some awesome people talking about a lot of details about keto specifically, I want to talk to you about change. So, okay, so here's a parable. Some people wonder, like, why would I want to coach for seeing a doctor versus a therapist? And we all have our places, but this story kind of illustrates it to me. So, let's say you fall into a deep, dark well, right? And you're down there and you're like, help, help. And a doctor comes by, a traditional doctor, not the doctors in this room, right? <laughs> comes by and says, looks like that hole's giving you a rash. Here's some cream. You're like, thanks, I'm, I'm in this hole, right? And uh, a therapist comes by. By the way, I'm not knocking any of these professions. They're very helpful and useful. But a therapist comes by and says, well, let's talk about your relationship with the web. <laughs> right? And you're like, hmm. maybe later, but right now I need to get out of the hole. And then a coach walks by. And the coach says, oh, hello, and uh, jumps into the hole. <laughs> and you're like, are you a moron? <laughs> Why? I need to get out of the hole. And now we're in the hole. And the coach says, it's OK. I've been in this hole. I know how to get out. And so for me, I've been all these different coaches. But then I went keto. And I said, you know what? I can save a marriage or I can save a life. And to me, when that happened, I was like, well, there's nothing else I can do. Like, once you see the problem, you have to fix the problem. I'm a fixer. Gotta fix it. <laughs> so, 
So coaches are a little goal oriented. This is as far as I go with sports. I don't even know what happened there. But. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I believe that means in this instance there was a ball involved. <laughs> we are goal oriented. And, and speaking of goals, like in the world, when we aren't educated about how to make change or we've never done any personal work, maybe <coughs> goal. Okay, I have a goal. Like I want to lose weight. What am I going to do? Willpower. I'm going to just do it. You're like, you're not like, oh, you want to lose 20 pounds? How are you going to do it? I'm just going to do it. You know, I'm just going to gut it out. Right? But there is a central problem. Willpower is not a strategy. It's maybe a tactic, but it's a weak one at that. Um, because the reality is willpower is finite, right? It is, a, it is a resource. Finite, it will run out. If you are tired, angry, uh, hungry, right? You only have so much willpower and it's not like, it's not like you leave the willpower in the fridge with like a label willpower and like nobody will eat it, right? Your whole life will eat away at that willpower and if you don't have any extra, you don't have any. And so willpower is not a strategy. So this is one of my boring slides. Um, so I'm a little bit of a word nerd, so I like, I like to go into some of this, but so when we have a goal, we develop a strategy that strategy has objectives, and then we have tactics. So, like your your desired outcome, um, and you can have multiple goals, right? But they kind of follow a path. Like, uh, you might have a goal to be able to pick up your grandkids, like physically, right? So your strategy might be uh, to work out and eat ketogenically, and your objectives are like things along the way that you're going to see, like. Oh, now I can lift a sack of flour. You know, now I, so right, you're going to have these m markers. You know, some people will use weight loss. I lost 10 pounds, I lost 20 pounds. If your ultimate goal is like 100 pounds, I will say that number goals are poor goals. Yes. We don't have time to go into that today, but that's part of what I talk. So, and then tactics. Now, I know they're not actually the same root word, but they sound like the same root word. One's Greek, one's Latin, but tactics, I always think tactile. Right, like touch, what can I touch? It's a tool, There's a lot of T's. That was really bad on the recording. Um, so you have a tool that you use to meet an objective that fits your strategy, and then you reach your goal, right? So we're gonna talk about a tactic. So as I said earlier, willpower is a bad tactic, but it is a tactic. A little Sun Tzu here. Where's Dana Vega, This is for Dana Vega, but um, Strategy without tactics is the slowest route to victory, and tactics without strategy is the noise before defeat. <laughs> so here's the reality, right? If you don't know what your plan is and how you're going to get there, it's like you're driving down the road and you know your destination, but you don't have a map. That's not going to work. But if you have a map, but you don't know where you're going, well, that's not going to work either, right? One without the other is useless. So counting calories is not a strategy. Tracking macros is actually not a strategy. They're both tactics. So you have to know how they relate to your larger goal and your strategy. <clears throat> so why is this called chips other than to make people hungry? Well, 
So the chemical symbol for change is delta, which is a triangle. Ah. Yes. <laughs> Geeky moment number one. <laughs> All right. Or three, maybe. I don't know. But um, so one of the things we talk about a lot in coaching is behavior change, right? Now, there is a lot of deep work to be done when you have any kind of struggle. And many people have touched on it. You know, therapy is super important. Going deep into your emotions is super important. Um, but there's also just the reality that if you're a crack addict, the deep emotional work is not going to start to have some effect until you stop taking the crack, right? You've got to make some behavioral change. So when you need to change, you can rely on chips. No, not those kind. No, not these kind either. Mm. But they are yummy. Chips. Choices, habitat, identity, progress, and self-awareness. So this is an acronym that stands for some of the things that you need to go through to make a change stick. So I'm just need definitions. I have it listed a couple times. And if you, if you miss a slide, I'll give it to you. Um, so choices. These are definitions, by the way. You can find them in the dictionary. Uh, choices are the, hack, the, hack, the act of selecting an option when more than one exists, right? <coughs> Then habitat, a person's preferred surroundings. Identity, the act of being who or what a person is. Progress, not perfection. Uh, forward or onward movement towards a destination. And self-awareness, conscious awareness of one's own feelings, desires, patterns, and motives. So let's talk about choices. The act of selecting an option when more than one exists. And the reality is one always exists. The reality is, though, you may have passed it a little ways back there, right? Like you're there's a fork in the road and you're like, I should have gone left, right? Because you've gotten to a place where you have to get out of. Um, one thing that is super important is that whenever you find yourself without a choice and you're presented with a bad outcome, by your, uh, an outcome you do not desire, you need to find the choice point. Look at what happened. Go back in your mind. Where did I make the wrong choice here? And then next time when presented with that scenario, you know not to go left, right? <coughs> so one of the things that is super hard, and I'll even do it, I've done it like four times, good, bad, good, bad. When you use good and bad in terms of choices, uh, it triggers our inner judge, right? That was a bad choice. I'm a, the immediate, what is it? I'm a bad person and made a bad choice. But no, you made a choice that didn't support your goal. Okay, that is much less about taking something on that you shouldn't carry. Like food is not good or bad, right? Like there's not evil, there's not sin in the sinless chocolate, right? There's, there's, there's supporting or not supporting. Take away the judgment because shame triggers a lot of us to make the bad decision. It's like it's a feedback loop, right? So one thing I would like to mention here is that I get a lot of criticism for saying that we all always have a choice, yes. right? Amen. 
because I get people on my lives and things being like, I don't know if you know what it's like to be an addict. And I'm like, you don't think I know what it's like? <laughs> Hello, like I am, like look up addict in the dictionary. Oh, that's Kim. I hope they take the nice picture, you know. But um, the reality is, I mean, think about 12 step, right? I don't know if any of you have done it, but you know, in AA and 12 step, they, what did they have you do if you feel like you're gonna make a bad decision? Call your sponsor, go somewhere else, do something different, right? Addicts have choices. If they aren't in a place they can make that choice, they didn't make the choice soon enough. So we get to a lot of places where we like to say, oh, I didn't have any choice. There was only macaroni and cheese. What was I to do? Right? There are several choices in that moment. But there was also probably a much easier choice a little while ago. Maybe that was choice was bringing something of your own. Maybe that choice was not going. Maybe that choice is eating before you go. Right? There are always choices. Habitat. A person's preferred surroundings. When I was deep in my food addiction, my preferred surroundings was within walking distance of food. Right? Or actually reaching. Yeah. Maybe just like licking. Right? Like it was right there. Right? But habitat is actually everything you surround yourself with. It's not just about where the food is, it's about people, the job, the home. What is what are you building? Right? We're building a habitat. We're a beaver, we'd be getting sticks, but as us, we're like getting like which Instagrams we follow. Right? Every choice we make about what do we surround ourselves with is our habitat. And so is your habitat supporting your change? And what can we do to shore that up? Okay, one thing that people often say is, like, I don't have control over my habitat, right? Like, I work in a bakery, yes. right? Okay, there are two things to look at, short-term versus long-term. Short-term, I think that, I like a lot of cues because my memory, not so good. Um, short-term, the turtle carries his habitat with it, right? So if you're in a short-term bad habitat, do what you need to guard yourself. Yes. Create that shell for yourself. But that shell is heavy, and no one in this room is actually a turtle, as far as I can see. Um, so long-term, you have to shed your skin. You have to get rid of whatever it is, and that is terrifying, right? That means you have to find a new job, maybe. You work in a bakery and you're like, I just can't stop. Give you some tactics, maybe you can do this, can you do that, can you do this? Just doesn't work. And I'm stressed out all the time, right? Okay, that's not a good strategy. So you're gonna need to make some changes. So short term, turtle, long term, shed your skin. You're gonna have to make some changes. The next piece is identity. So a lot of identity comes down to self-talk. So let's talk about smoking, right? How many of you like smoked at some point in the past? Maybe some of you aren't. She's so, still smoking. She's smoking hot. Oh, I gotta hurry up. Okay. So um, when we say I'm trying to quit, what does that convey? I'm trying to quit. It conveys I'm still a smoker. 
right? I'm trying. That's the language of struggle, right? What do we say? I'm having a trying time, right? Trying is a word that is not helpful in a lot of ways, right? It's also an excuse word. Do you know? Do this. I'm trying. <laughs> so, so both trying and quit are tri are triggers, right? You know something's going on there. I don't smoke. Right, so watch the language you use. I actually realized this the other day. I, people will like, do you want to drink? I'll be like, I don't drink. I do occasionally drink, but my identity is not someone who drinks, right? So what's your identity piece? <coughs> oh, that got cut off. It says, I'm trying to avoid carbs, right? I'm trying to avoid carbs. That, just, that is an identity of struggle. I live a keto lifestyle. These people are never so happy to barbecue in their life, right? <laughs> I live a keto lifestyle. Um, beware the dark side. <coughs> Sometimes when we're like, I'm keto. Like, there's a useful part of that. Your identity is keto. If your identity is keto, it's a lot easier to make keto choices. However, it is also easier to be a jerk. <laughs> right. So beware the dark side where you get dogmatic, religious, inflexible, elitist, and closed off. Right. Remember, I said keto is a strategy. Strategy have tactics. It can have many tactics. So your keto might not look like somebody else's keto, and nobody in here is the keto police. But you can be your own keto monitor. Progress, not perfection. So as I said, I've spent some time in 12-step about, I went to OA for a long time um, without success, but I went there. And, uh, and so this concept of progress, not perfection. So progress, you're always making headway towards your goal. It can be at the speed that works for you. But don't hold yourself up that it has to look perfect. I do want to clarify a point that some people misunderstand in progress, not perfection. Progress, not perfection means Binge all the time, you know. Okay. <laughs> on on uh, on whatever behavior you don't want to do because I'm not supposed to be perfect. No. So the, in, in post step, they actually is a clarification. Um, not perfection doesn't mean relapse. It means not holding yourself to an on to an impossible standard. So one of the things that I like to say is perfection is a concept. It's not a reality. It doesn't exist. And we are all Durings, unless we're dead. I would rather be a Durant. Right? There's no there's no such thing as an after. We reach one goal, we have a new goal. It doesn't matter. It's life. It's progress. We're better than we were the day before. And self-awareness. Conscious patterns of one's own feelings. So are you an abstainer or are you a moderator? Do you like to jump in the deep end? Or are you more of a inching the toes in the water, right? How do you want to make these changes is up to you. Nobody gets to decide for you. You also want to know what you love and what are your aversions, what are your unique triggers, and oh, I don't know what I'm not building of someone else's anymore, but okay. Oh, yeah, you're not building someone else's you know, goals or things. It's your own life. So when the chips are down, Call upon your chips, right? When you're in a tough spot. This is why coaching, you know what I just explained to you is what we do as coaches, but you can go through these steps yourself. Every time you need to make a change, you need to look at, you know, you can go through these steps and say, where am I with this? 
go through it again. Where am I with this? It could be a daily check-in event. So you can do this on your own. You don't need a coach. But if you need somebody to point out when maybe you are not as self-aware as you need to be, you can always find one. Because sometimes it's really hard to see yourself. And it's really much better to have somebody who's a mirror. And just like I said, you know, the people that are doing coaching that you're like, right on. I mean, there are people that say they're coaches. But the people that you resonate with, um, they've been in that hole before. What's up, guys? This podcast episode is sponsored by Real Good Foods. Um, they have delicious products such as cauliflower pizza crust, chicken pizza crust, enchiladas, chicken poppers, and my very, very favorite, the breakfast sandwiches. These items are low-carb, high-fat, um, and have a good amount of protein as well. They are super convenient, um, very easy to make, and just all around a great product. Um, if you are looking for convenience, these are for you. Our family loves them. We stay stocked up on them. My son is a huge lover of the cauliflower crust cheese pizza. Um, but if you want to find more about the Real Good Foods products, you can check your local grocery store. If you do not know where Real Good Food products lo are located, you can use the store finder on their website. The link is in the show notes. Um, you can also skip the grocery store um, and order directly offline if you'd like to with that link in the show notes as well. Um, and if you'd like, you can support me uh, and use code KCL15 to receive 15% off of your online order. So um, I hope you guys are, you know, going to try the real good foods at some point. They are definitely worth every penny.